Hello, welcome. We are back, um, and we have the award show for you, as you just heard. Uh, we'll be going through nine awards, um, I know, quite a, quite a few. Uh, we'll be covering the main ones like Driver of the Year, Villain, the, villain of the Year, Team, um, Rookie of the Year, Most Improved, but also we'll be covering things like Good and Bad Surprises, uh, Liveries, and also Race of the Season. Uh, so, shall we get straight into it then, with the race of the season from both of us? Yep, that's a good place to start. So, this is the race that got us the most excited throughout the 2020 campaign. What race got us on the edge of our seats? NB, it was not anything that ever happened at Thruxton and is unlikely to ever be. Uh, Sam, what was your race of the year for 2020? Uh, so, my race of the year is um, one of the most memorable races for me was the race three at Silverstone. Um, so just a little setup reminder, Sutton had had a really bad race too, got that puncher, um, as had Ingram, and both of them were looking to fight back through the field, um, starting from about 26th, 27th on the grid. Uh, unfortunately, Ingram got turfed off first lap, um, yeah. coming into the, one of the penultimate corners, uh, and he was out of the race straight away, but Sutton... Probably one of his drives of the season, actually. Um, he made it all the way from 26th on the grid up to third. Now, yes, there was one, possibly two safety cars involved. Uh, and that race, a lot of you will probably remember for that huge, huge accident that Rory Butcher had uh, with Matt Neal. And a lot of people will be saying, oh, yeah, it's Matt Neal's fault. Oh, oh yeah, Butcher's moved over. I think pretty much six or one half a dozen the other i think they're both just at just as much at fault um but the impact that that car sustained was phenomenal and for him to get out of that after it's practically barrel rolled and ended up in the middle of the circuit congratulations to everyone for missing the car when it came back onto the track and then he got out and walked away from it just stands testament to how strong a british touring car is yeah, it's a good race to pick um, because you're right. It does it did have a little bit of everything in there. It was, um, yeah, a big crash. Which, as long as everybody's all right, we like to see. Let's be honest, we would like to see a big crash in the touring cars as long as everybody is okay. Uh, it had, as you say, a, a back to front from Ash Sutton. Um, it had a bit of controversy of Ingram as well uh, in in the first few corners. So, yeah, I can see why you've picked that as as your race of the season. It certainly. Yeah, it certainly had us on the edge of our seats, didn't it, with uh, excitement of what was going to happen next in what was a very twisty-turny race. And also, most importantly, it was Ollie Jackson's second win of the season. Now, this one didn't come sort of like quite as easily as the first. Yes, it was another race three win, but this one he had to take the restart on the on the safety car and had to keep drivers like Oliphant and Sutton behind him, and he managed to do it with relative ease as well. It, it really showed how he developed over the season and become more confident in his own ability. Yeah, it was a, a it was kind of a, a backup to what Ollie Jackson had already achieved with his earlier win in the season as a, a fluke's too strong a word, but to 
back up that you know he has improved he is here and he is capable uh, of winning races and and you know improving all the time which yeah it was a good very good race and it set up this season finale quite nicely as well yeah there there are many drivers in in the category that have had these one off wins and on the race three where you get a reverse grid and you manage to hold people back because they've got extra weight on board. But to actually take the restart and seeing how quick Sutton had come through the field with no weight on board and Oliphant was not, not shabby at all this year, to hold both of those drivers off was was a really good achievement from him. Absolutely. Um, so that's your winner for the uh, race of the season. It's not my winner, I have to say. Uh Go I've then. gone for Brands Hatch Race 1 of the final weekend. Um, I'll give you a couple of reasons why. Firstly, it was tor- oh, well, torrential rain and horrendous conditions. Uh, real question marks over whether this race would even go ahead at the start of the day due to how much rain had fallen. Uh, and I always think a wet track is the leveller. It's the It separates the best from the very best. Uh, and in horrific conditions... Ash Sutton proved once again that he is uh, some of the very best and did one of the moves of the season, in my mind, of his move on Ingram through Surtees. Uh, also, Camish won the race fairly simply as well, which meant he was still in, in the championship hunt. Uh, and Turkson struggled, which was good for the championship because it meant that, that, uh, you know, that it was going to carry on through the rest of the season. There was nothing uh, decided in the first race, nothing lost in the first race, and it set the rest of the weekend up very, very nicely indeed. Uh, with, I think it left Cambridge with just 13 points off uh, top spot at the end of that race, which meant it was still a three-way challenge going into races two and three. It was also another good showing from uh, the Ford boys, Rory Butcher finishing in fourth and Ollie Jackson in fifth. He had a good final weekend, in, in all fairness to him. But in those conditions, yeah, extremely challenging. Um, and I don't know, it, it always has a little more emphasis on it when you're going into the final weekend with three or four. There were actually five mathematically still in the title fight, but certainly four of them very much challenging and trying to get one up on each other. Yeah, and I say, it just set up the weekend perfectly. And for England, considering we live in England, we don't get many uh, wet races, or certainly that was the only in my mind, true wet race of the year. Um, well, we had a race, a wet race, at, um, obviously, again, later in the day, race three was fairly wet, and we had one wet race at Alton Park as well at the start of the year. But generally speaking, we yeah. don't get many wet ones, and I always love to see how drivers adapt, who takes the risk on the tyres, who can drive a car in the wet, because it's a completely different kettle of fish to driving it in the dry. So, for me, brands have, and I think also because of the significance of that race as well. Alton Park was fun in the wet, but it didn't mean anything in the sense that it wasn't the title to decide the weekend. There was still plenty of time to make amends. Whereas if you got it wrong here, you could have you know, blown your championship before it even begun. So, yeah, very happy to, yes. to nominate yeah. that as my, my winner. Very much so. Um, moving on then uh, to the second award, and we're going for best livery of the season. Now, before the season started, we had a little poll, and I believe the Laser Tools car came out on top, um, but they have a huge social media following. So from us, our best liveries of the season, um, who does yours go to? Uh, mine goes to Nick Hamilton and his Rocket VW, because I thought that that was... Uh, just a very, I think it's probably the best livery that's been on the VW, uh, to be honest with you. It just fitted the car really, really nice. It was a nice mix of red and black, looked aggressive, looked like a race car. 
Um, I know you're not a particular fan of busy liveries, and it wasn't particularly busy. There was your big sponsor. It wasn't, no. There was your little sponsors here and there, of course. But predominantly, it was a red and black racing car, and it looked like a racing car. It made it look a lot lower to the ground than the other VWs, didn't it? Did it did, actually, yeah, it did. And it was a lot... And I, I yeah. know that, obviously, you need sponsors in the touring cars. I'm not, I'm not here to decry sponsorship on touring cars, but you compare it to the other two VWs, and it was just seemed a lot cleaner, a lot... Hmm. Yeah, a lot slicker, a lot more racy than the other two, which kind of the shape was lost in the colour choice and the amount of sponsors over the other two cars. This was quite a refined, refreshing, just proper, proper race car. Yep, yeah, I, I completely agree. Um, that has been a lovely, lovely livery last season. Um, for me, it was the back to black BMW 3 Series. Um, the first time that we've seen the BMW in black. And my God, did it look good. Well, the um, first time we've seen the 3 Series in black, because of course we saw the 1 Series yes. in the eBay colours not so long ago. Oh, that's still got far too many colours on it. I think the black worked really well with the um, red and blue from the M Sport logos. Um, and, I don't know, it, it made it look almost stealthy and, and like it was going to creep up on you. Um, it, it, something, something which some drivers do. Uh, it, it almost looked like a... a American bomber plane. It was, you know, yeah, black yeah. with these little splodges of colour. Um, yeah, no, it was a. It, that was a phenomenal livery. I think it was better than the white that, from the year before. I have to say, it just most definitely suits it. Although, of course, it did make it look a bit more like a DTM. And according to some drivers, it effectively is a DTM. So, take that as you will. But as liveries go, yeah, that was pretty damn special. I, I do wonder whether we'll see that black livery back again this season. I certainly hope so. I would hope, though it never happens, I personally would hope for a red, a dark blue and a light blue to have the M colours, but it never happens. They always stick to one colour, which for cost probably makes yep. sense, but I prefer to see that. Yeah. Yeah, they certainly do. Uh, next award, then, is Rookie of the Year. So this is people who haven't raced in the touring cars before. So even if they've raced, people like Glenn Getty do not qualify because they have raced in the series this is for debutants of the year uh, and i'm going to kick this off with uh jack butel as my rookie of the year um i've said before i think on the last pod when we did the driver grades a very very solid 2020 campaign uh improved all of the time i felt uh and didn't really put too much of a foot wrong in a car that has its limitations and has had its day uh hence we're there as we'll get to in our news uh they have upgraded um, I just thought he was a very tidy very points based driver didn't get into any trouble um, he managed to score some points as well he got two which is very good uh, for him in his debut year was near the points on a couple of occasions as well um, but just drove the numbers nothing spectacular but incredibly solid uh, and I can't remember any incident or mistake that he made or got caught up in that was his fault um, I think that's always a good mark of a of your rookie debut year because you are a rookie. It can be quite exciting. You can sometimes go too hard into it and, and make a few messes, and I don't recall any messes he made. Yeah, especially to come into the the competitive nature of the BTCC at such short notice, replacing Dan Robotham, obviously, and then to go through a whole season with only one retirement, and I believe that was a mechanical retirement at Croft. Um, it, it's certainly a very good achievement. I, I'd have liked to have seen maybe a couple more points from him towards the second half of the season, obviously getting used to the car. Um, but yeah, jumping into 
the British Touring Cars is always going to be difficult. Um, and kudos to anyone that wants to try it. Um, on that note, uh, my Rookie of the Year is someone that didn't actually complete the season, unfortunately. However, I thought he put in some very impressive displays in the time that he was there, considering the vehicle that he was driving. And that is James Gornall. So he had an unfortunate start with a retirement in race one at Donington and then a did not start. But at Brands Hatch GP, he really picked it back up. He scored in all three races and got his best result of the season, which was seventh, um, which not even Bobby Thompson managed to equal in this season. Um, unfortunately, he didn't score any more points for the rest of the rounds that he was in. Uh, made it up to the end of the Silverstone round and unfortunately didn't have the funds left to compete at Crofts, Snetterton or Brands Hatch Indy. However, the pedigree that he came with suggested that he, he would have a, a decent amount of pace and only compete in seven rounds. Bobby completed eight there's a little bit of a points difference between them, I think just under 30 points, but that's really good considering Bobby's been in the car for, or been in the in the championship for longer than him. Um, so yeah, James Gornall had some good drives, would like to see him back, although I don't think it will happen. Um, yeah, he's my Rookie of the Year. Yeah, he's certainly impressed um, with the rounds he was in. I do think that there was a tendency to be involved in incidents a little bit too much some of which aren't your fault, some of which perhaps are. Um, but that's the nature of racing at the end of the, end of the grid, or any end of the grid in touring car, particularly that end of the grid. Um, he's certainly got racing pedigree. Like you, I don't think we'll see him back just because I can't see where he fits uh, in, in the grid, given what we already know. Uh, but yeah, I think he had a, a strong start to the season, but would have liked to have seen how he got on throughout the season. Would have liked to see you know, if he could have improved that week on week on week. Uh, this was also one of the awards that we put out on our um, Instagram and Facebook. Um, and the votes came back to crown who as Rookie of the Year? Uh, rookie of the Year through uh, Instagram polls was Jade Edwards. No great surprise given her social media army. Uh, it's also not a surprise given how well she uh, uh, did in the car. You know, she had a very strong yeah. weekend at Silverstone in the PMR. Uh, guest drive and obviously got her break for this season coming up so yeah I can understand why she's a, a fan favourite uh, and she is our fans the BTCP fans rookie of the year so moving on next uh, to the most improved driver of the year um, this this could be from last season to this season or from the start of their touring car career to where they are now maybe um, and for me it's Bobby Thompson. Uh, so considering where he come, he's come from, come through Team Haar, been in the Volkswagen, then moved up to um, be in this Audi S3, which we all know is a very difficult car and a car that doesn't have much pace within it. Um, but he, at times, seemed to absolutely wring the neck of it. Yes, he had a couple of disappointing displays, most notably the Race 3 at Alton Park, which we've already talked about in the uh, driver reviews. But at Croft, before that massive accident that he had, he'd had two 8th place finishes and was on target for an excellent point scoring weekend, well outdoing what we would have expected of that car this season. Um... And I think if it weren't for that accident, he would have gone on to probably have won the Jack Sears Trophy. 
going on to be Michael Crees in a far better, far newer Honda FK8, which would have been a hell of an achievement for him. Yep, it's difficult to disagree with any of the facts you've just laid out. I also agree that I think he was favourite for the Jack Crease, uh, sorry, for the Jack Crease, for the Jack Sears trophy. Uh, they've renamed it in Crease's honour, clearly. Uh, yeah, I think he would have been <laughs> assuming for that as well, personally, without trying to disrespect Crease's achievement in, in regards to that. Uh, I haven't gone for Bobby Thompson, though. I've, I've done... That I always have to do a shared thing sometimes. You know, we know that from doing this pod for nearly three years now. So I've shared my award. Um, Jake Hill is one of them, uh, as he again just put in another stellar season where he's finished you know, in the top ten of the championship. Could have finished even higher uh, than that, but you know, a, a seventh in the championship, given how competitive the championship is, is incredible. Um, the... How many how many hats have you eaten now? Oh, I. Yeah, just, just, I, I, the egg yeah. and my face are well and truly in alignment when it comes to Jake Hill. But look, I like being proved wrong in a way. Um, so it's um, you know he has he has won me rounds. I think he's maturing all the time in the sport, uh, both on and off the the grid. Um, and I think there's only he's only going to get better. I think a race win this year is going to happen um, for sure. Yeah. Uh, I think it was unlucky not to get that final race win last year. He couldn't quite convert those thirds and seconds into a win. But another very mature drive. I can't remember too many instances where I thought, oh, Jake, that was, you know, Jake of old. I think there was one, though I can't quite remember when it was, so I might even be misremembering. Um, but I just thought he had a very, very strong year again. However, he's going to have to share the award with Tom Oliphant, um, who has built on his debut season uh, with in 20, uh, 2018 with Sicily. He built on that in 2019 with BMW, and knocked out of the park really this year with BMW with scoring his first win uh, and four other podiums along the way and only having one retirement uh, and finishing pretty much a couple of results aside in the top 10 all season Um, and yes I was going to say to have one race where you've retired and that to be your only race where you haven't scored points of the season is very impressive exactly to score as you say to score a point in every race you can test bar one is pretty impressive and I know that you know, it comes to the caveat of you know he's in a BMW, you expect great things. Well, yes, but there are still a lot of cars and good drivers to compete against. Um, you've still got to make the equipment work. You can stick me in the BMW, it doesn't mean I'm going to get you a race win because I don't know what I'm doing. So you know it, it is a good car, but you've got to make the most of what you're in. And he's, I think he has done that. Yes, there's room for improvement, of course there is. I mean, he's not the perfect driver, but you look on this 2019. Uh, outing in the BMW got quite a few non-point scores that season um, and he hasn't had any this season his first season he finished 11th uh, in the BMW this year sorry on 178 points this time round 6th with 228 points and around less so yeah yeah, he, he's done very very well and I think he is more than justifying his place in the BMW um, he's, also we know his role is not to win that's Turkington's role but his role of scoring points is a good reason as to why BMW have dominated the team's championship this year as well. Okay then, excellent. Uh, we'll move on now to uh, the surprises of the season, good and bad. Well, be- before uh, first we up, do, we've got... sorry, before we do, should I just give us the fans sorry, most on. improved driver of the year? Yes, I'd forgotten we'd put that one up. No, no, that's okay. Uh, they have gone for Ollie Jackson as the most improved driver of the year, which, given a double race win, uh, is yep. 
understandable. Can understand why, and he certainly deserves an honourable mention. I think. I was going to say that links nicely into the next bit now. Um, yeah, so surprise good and bad of the season. Uh, surprise good for me is Ollie Jackson. Um, I wasn't expecting him to go out and win races this season. Um, it was all very much down to how well the car was, and once we saw at that first at that opening round where Roy Butcher got two podiums in the car. We were then just waiting for possibly Ollie to step up and then to take the mantle of having two race wins to um, his name by the end of the season um, was a, a nice surprise for me. Um, he'd already shown his pace earlier in the season at the Brands Hatched Grand Prix circuit and yeah, he seemed to improve through the second half of the season. So he's my surprise good. Yeah, I can completely understand where you've gone down that route. Um... If you told me that he'd be a double race winner going into the year, I wouldn't have believed you. Um, not because I don't think he's a capable driver, but just because he's not demonstrated enough at the sharp end before. Uh, but he's absolutely been a, a very pleasant and, and good surprise of the year. So, yeah, I can understand why he's he's your pick. I've gone similar in terms of driver that is very, very good, but I've gone for Adam Morgan. Um, yeah. You look at the machinery he's got underneath him, yet he's still finishing the top 10. He's still beating off people like Josh Cook, Tom Chilton, Matt Neal, and Ollie Jackson. Um, he's also outshone the Hyundai boys and Moffat and Jelly. So big names he's managed to outscore there. In a car that is so dated in terms of touring cars, um, I know they've obviously had a long time to develop the car, but you know we were a little bit surprised when they came to the grid uh, with the Mercedes A-Class again, given how... It was starting to struggle and starting to slow down in the 2019 season. It had and then a really to, poor season that season. It was. and then So it was a slight surprise to see them back. But then to drag that to a win and a couple of podiums as well. And also, he scored in every race bar three. And those three he were scored down in every race he finished. Yeah. So, you know, he when he did race, he got it in the points, apart from those three retirements. Um and once again, just showed how classy a driver he is. I think he's one of the most underrated drivers on the grid. I think part of that is because he does it his own way and his own team. He's not at a BMW, a Dynamics, etc. So I think he flies a little bit under the radar in terms of, of rated drivers. Uh, and I'm very much looking forward to seeing how he gets on in the BMW next year. Yeah, so am I. Um... Most definitely deserves that. He was probably another one that I was umming and ahhing between some of the awards that we've got tonight. Um, so moving on to the surprise bad, um, and then we'll round up the fans ones at the end. Uh, me, it's Matt Neal. And it's just a very meh season from him. There didn't seem to be any passion in it. Um, yes, he had three podium finishes, two at Thruxton and then a second place at Croft, where he obviously had the wind taken off of him for that audacious move on uh, Josh Cook. But apart from that, it's it's fairly poor showing from a guy that has won touring car titles in the past, and you've got Dan Camish finishing third in the championship on 334 points, and he's finishing 11th on only 181. It, it seems like a really poor showing, and he wasn't really there to help um, Dan come through when he needed it. Yeah, um, I think the word you used, meh, sums it up perfectly, to be honest. It's, mm. it's not Matt Neal that we've come to know. 
I, does he need the Jason Plato tonic? Is it without Plato on the grid, he doesn't perform? Maybe, you know, maybe he needs a bit of JP to get himself going. I don't know, but yeah, I would agree with you that that, that was a, a surprise and a bit of a shock. I suppose the only thing I would say is that that's sort of almost circumvented by his age now. Maybe that there is a changing of the guard happening in the touring cars, if you like it or not. I know some of the purist mm. fans don't like don't like to admit it, but there is a changing of the guard. Um, but equally, you expect Matt to be a lot more competitive than he was this year. I'm not saying win championships, but to not at least win, win races. A, yeah, and let's be honest, he was only close to winning one race, which was the yeah. one he got taken off him correctly. But out of all the races competed, he was close once, which isn't Matt Neal. He's not my bad surprise of the season, though. Mine is BTC and how they just weren't at it. I mean, there were sparks throughout the season, particularly in the second half, Cook did pick things up and did improve. Chilton wasn't at it all year, really, in a car that should That's be. because he my, had your backing from the start. I'd say my title tip, yes. Can't, can't go a pod without bringing that up, can we? But he was my title tip. Uh, <laughs> He got two, uh, three podiums in a car that's a race-winning car. Uh, and just... I know that Cook got a couple of the wins, but they came in the second half of the season. But both were beaten by Adam Morgan in a way inferior car. Both were beaten by Jake Hill in an older... In an older Honda. Yeah. Older Honda. Both were beaten by Oliphant, who's only in his third year. Yes, the BMW uh, aside. And both were beaten by Roy Butcher in a brand new car. So, mm. when you put it like that, they didn't have a particularly strong showing either of them. And I say, Cook improved in the second half of the season, but it was a little bit too little, too late. And given that I expected B, Tom Chilton to be a shot for the championship, and given that Josh Cook was in the championship hunt last year, and given BTC were in the team's championship hunt last year, the drop-off this year was quite shocking, actually. Yeah, and I, I think the team recognised that as well because some of the social media posts at the end of the year, they, they knew that they'd underachieved. Um, and I wonder whether that's part of the reason that Tom Chilton has moved on. It could well be because you, certainly when you have a lineup of Cook and Chilton, you expect a better return, I think, than ninth yep. and 10th, personally. Yeah, so yeah, that was definitely. my bad surprise of the season. Uh, to just touch on some of the fans' uh, responses, it's been a, a kind of a mixed bag on those. So. Uh, mostly have gone for good surprises, but we'll go for. Uh, we've got Ollie Jackson, what a legend, so I presume that's a good surprise. Um, yeah, I'd say so. We've got one here saying good was Creasy winning the Jack Sears. Yeah, it was a bit of a surprise, I guess, when you look at it. Well, I don't think we necessarily thought Creasy would, although on paper he had the best car, um, but I didn't necessarily expect him to win the Jack Sears, so fair enough. Uh, bad surprise, Butcher's role at Silverstone. I think. That came as a worse surprise to Butcher when he was upside down. <laughs> uh, Ollie Jackson double win mentions here again. Yep, that he's that was a surprise uh, as well. Someone else agreed with me, which is always good with Morgan. Uh, we've got the first podium for the Hohenstein its first weekend of its debut season. Yeah, that's a good point. That's a pretty big surprise. Mm. Shame they couldn't build on it, but we, we we'll go to my view on Hohenstein and, and in our news update podcast later. But yeah, certainly uh, a good. A good surprise that, uh, and here as well, BTC uh, declined. So that's a couple of how the fans felt for the good and bad of the year. Yep, yep. Um, moving on to the seventh award of the night, um, and we're 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 taking a turn down a dark road here. Uh, villain of the season, the driver that has maybe 
um, come across too many incidents or, or underperform severely um, and really probably not needed on the grid maybe or that might be a little harsh um, but who is your villain of the season? Uh, my villain of the season is I'm going to be nice to all the drivers because I don't want to get negative reviews or anything else. I'm going to take the coward's way out I'm afraid. Uh, I'm going for left left field because I always do uh, it's not Alan Gow, don't worry it's, um, it's Covid because it's robbed us of an incredible season of motorsport an incredible title fight uh, and we didn't get to see Sutton pull off any of his moves live which mm. it, yes from the telly it's fun to watch but can you imagine the cheer stood on the banks at Brands as that went round or even at the cheer at Snetterton when Colin dominated the first two races from the BMW paddock at, at BM, uh, uh, Snetterton can you imagine Yeah, it was mm. such a, 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 tips, a topsy-turvy season can you imagine the gasp that would have gone up at Silverstone when Butch, and then the silence when Butcher rolled I mean we were denied some really, really good op- motorsport memories this year um, yeah. by COVID. So, for me, it's the villain. We'd, we'd have gone to, what, six rounds, I think, we had penciled in? Hopefully, yeah. Um, and... it, it, it is such a shame, as you say, that that at no point people were able to get there. And I hope that this season won't be the same. I hope that by the end of the season we will have fans there whether it's in limited numbers okay but at least there'll be an atmosphere at least there'll be people there to to smell the cars going round and to to hear the engines roaring and you'll you'll still have the the fans cheering on their favorites and and the oohs and the ahs when when moves are gone for or and they come off or they don't come off I also think it'd be a really sad end to an era if we don't get to see these petrol cars yes. off because from a motorsport point of view, you've made a really good point with the smells and the sounds. It's going to be different in the in the hybrid era, for good or for worse. Well, that remains to be seen. But I think it is fair to say that the smells and sounds will be different from next year, and it'd be a real shame if we don't, as motorsport fans, get to get to send off the touring cars in this era of touring cars in the way it deserves. Because Bayek has given us some great memories over the over the years. I was going to say, I, I'm already anticipating and looking forward to when we have, in quotation marks, historic races and these cars come back uh, and yeah. we get to see these drivers in 20, 30 years' time, maybe, driving these cars around in earnest and taking them to the limits that we expect them to be at. Absolutely. I say, I, I'm not down on the hybrid era, I'm quite excited for it, but it is an end of an era and yeah. I just hope that we don't get robbed of another fantastic season um but a mini special award i suppose on that point to itv who again knocked themselves out of absolute stellar coverage mm. once again so yeah anyway your villain yep, of the very year very much so uh my villain of the year i i feel i may be agreeing with a lot of fans here um and that is andy neat um I'll, I'll keep this short and sweet good start to the season we thought he turned a corner uh then the proverbial poo hit the fan um, at Thruxton, and the rest of the season was almost a, a write-off. Write-off for him had two decent-ish results at Croft, getting two sixteenths. But apart from that, his quality of driving fell off a cliff, and I think that's all we need to say. Yeah, uh, and unsurprisingly, you have agreed massively with the fans' uh, poll. Although, to be fair. 
somebody else did say COVID, so that's always good to uh, have my opinions backed up by somebody else, which is always nice. <laughs> um, but I think there's something else to say on, on your villain. I think the the, uh, the stats and the, uh, the pictures speak for themselves. So let's move on to our second biggest award of the night, if you like, uh, which is the team of the season. Sam, who is your team of the 2020 touring car season? Uh, little drum roll. Uh, mine is a little bit left field because they're not. They haven't won a championship. They haven't done anything overly spectacular, but they have bought a brand new car that was on the pace straight away, and that is Motorbase. And they've also bought two drivers which have impressed in the most part. And we've spoken about the other one. Um, but in the most part, <laughs> in the most part, they've had a fantastic season. Um, to bring Ollie Jackson through and to develop him over the last couple of the seasons, he's improved season on season. To bring Rory back to the team where he started, I believe. Um, and to be so quick and to bag, what, five victories across those two cars across the season is a really good showing from them. Um, and I think it will be a shame to see Dave Bartram step back um, and let's hope that the purchasing of Motorbase this season of from Sean Hollenby and uh, Pete Osborne um, will we'll take it on to new levels and, and they can finally bring a championship which I think they've probably been deserving of for quite a long time now. It's a good pitch. It's a good pitch you've made. Um Yes, I was surprised. They obviously did. Considering that they've either, played, they've either played us fantastically by the fact they had everything in place well before the season began, their social media posts were just a bit of a laugh, or they have done incredibly to turn that round in such a short period of time. Yeah, um, yeah straight, out the, straight out of the box, it was impressive. Jackson looks a different driver. Butcher got to grips with it really, really quickly as well. Um, but it's not my winner because it didn't win anything other than a couple of races and for that reason I can't look past BMW because they've just dominated the teams winning by 45 points uh, and they just dominated the manufacturers where they had that sewn up um, over Honda Uasa by a, a, you know, a massive margin as well I say massive margin it wasn't massive in number terms but in touring car terms it was you know circa 40 points um, and they just both both uh, Colin and uh, Tom Oliphant just got the absolute most out of the cars. Colin had a run in that period of four straight podiums. Um, Oliphant, as we mentioned, only had one retirement all year round. Uh, yeah, all year round. So the reliability of that car was excellent. In fact, Colin's problems weren't down to reliability; they were down to uh, as I recall, instance where uh, Croft, shall we say, and there's a non-contested at the first race of Thruxton, and I don't believe that was mechanical. I can't remember that far back. Um, but once again, BMW is reliable. It's fast. They just keep improving that car all the time. Uh, and the standout moment, I think, for me was that double win Colin took at Snetterton, and then a podium in the third race as well. But that double win was incredible. The car just was phenomenal that week. It was on rails, wasn't it? Yeah. It he was knew so what, quick as well. He knew what he needed to do 
and he went out there and did it because he had the car underneath him that he needed to achieve what he wanted. And that weekend as well, by the way, it's worth mentioning that Oliphant got a fourth, a fourth and a fifth. So that car was pretty good that weekend, yep. uh, period. Oh, no, he didn't. I was looking at Roy Butcher. No, he didn't ignore <laughs> that. He got a 14th and 11th and a 12th. Well, there you go. I can't read a table properly. Uh, but I say, over the year, the car was super quick. Only Sutton really had an answer continually for it. Um, and without such, Colin would have surely won his fourth crown. Fifth. Um, from the fans' point of view, uh, not a great surprise. Laser Tools is the uh, overwhelming winner. Uh, but we have got quite a lot of the Laser Tools army on board as well. And to be fair, they've done a good job. They've given Asset a title-winning car. So, yeah, I can understand that why that's been uh, suggested. I would just say that Moffat needs to just balance the scales a little bit for me to become the team. And you're nodding along, which yes, I yeah. you agree. Yeah, for me, a team's award has to come from both sides of the garage or all three parts of the garage. Um, and it was very much... The Ashley Sutton show with laser tools, um, and I think BMR Engineering has been working with them for a long time now. Have managed to build him a car and set him up a car exactly how he likes it, and they've had since Snetterton last season, like 2019, when he tested it to go. Okay, these are the things we need to set in place, and they've done it excellently. But as a team, they haven't quite got there for me. Yeah, I'd, I'd agree with you on that. I would agree. Okay. This is the big one. It's the driver of the year, and we don't need to spend any time on this whatsoever because it's the only award we're in agreements with, and the fans are in complete agreement with us as well. So, Sam, who is, I mean, I bet nobody can guess at home, who is the 2020 driver of the season? It, it literally can't be anyone else. When you go and win a championship by 14 points in a car that hadn't won a race before this year and then goes out and wins what? Uh, five races and finishes on however many podiums and non-scores twice is Ash Sutton and the the way he drove this season you could see you could see the tenacity that he had and the drive he had to want it and go out there and grab it with both hands yeah I think he knew from day one he had a title winning car a a car capable of winning a title underneath him and he wasn't going to leave anything uh, on the track in terms of getting to win the title uh, he was a phenomenal year pulled off some incredible overtakes during that time as well had us on our feet with just you know, applause and surprise and every other emotion in between he's the kind of driver you tune in to watch motor racing for because he leaves everything on the track he's gonna he's a proper racer yes the Croft incident proved that sometimes he perhaps needs to tone it down but that's Ash Sutton in a nutshell and it's the reason people turn in, uh, tune in sorry, to watch the sport. Um, and also, you made a very good point at the start about not winning a race before. Further than that, it's such a left-field choice of car. I mean, yeah. all these teams are pushing forward in new cars, and you can understand why. The Q50 is such an old and odd car to want to suddenly decide to get to get to, you know, to the front of the grid. And Sutton did that and some this season. So, yeah, 100% deserving uh, of the Drive the Season award. Yeah, and I mean, those only two non-scores are he had a puncher and he had a puncher that was his fault. So <laughs> I think both were his fault, personally, but yeah, I, I, yeah. I agree. That, yeah. Um, um, and if he'd have finished in the points for every race of this season, then it would have been an excellent, excellent, like, A-star, star, star performance. 
but the fact he makes it difficult for himself in race one, so two and three are very, very exciting to watch. It's great for us because it means oh, yeah. we go we, we go for every emotion, don't we? You think, oh, we go through despair of one earth have you done? You've chucked it away in race one. So crikey, that's fifty four cars he's overtaken this race. To wow, he's now got full weight on board and is still going for a podium. Yeah, the the only small criticism I would have is his qualifying performance. And and that he he was never up there and thinking, okay, he's going to take pole this weekend by a decent margin. It was always, he's either going to be on pole or he's going to be 14th. But I think part of that is also down to just how competitive the touring... I mean, yes. you get first and uh, 27th is often separated by less than a second. So, you know, I think that's also testament to how strong the grid is in terms of, uh, you know, of qualifying performances. And also... I'm not quite sure the Infinity is that good over one lap. It's great over a race. Mm. It's not particularly good over one lap. Where something like the BMW has incredible one lap pace. And also the FK2 has incredible one lap pace. We saw that appeal. Um, but yeah, Ash Sutton by far the uh, the driver of the year in an award that will shock literally nobody. And and, and who did the fans go for? Just just out of interest. Uh, well, the fans interestingly went for Sam. No, they went for... Um, <laughs> Ashton, yeah, overwhelmingly so. Overwhelmingly so. Yeah, well, that sums up all of our uh, awards for last season. Um, we hope that you've enjoyed it. We would love to hear if you have any further views on who your most improved rookie of the year, uh, team of the year, villain, driver, all the awards that we've gone through. We'd love to hear if you have any different views to us. Um, remember to like, comment, and subscribe and also share it around with people who you think might like this or should get into the British Touring Cars because um, it's an excellent racing preferably series. The, uh, preferably the CEOs of ITV Sport if you, if you happen to have their numbers. <laughs> or Paul O'Neill. Someone, someone link this to Paul O'Neill. Um, <laughs> but yeah, we, we hope you have enjoyed it and uh, we'll be back very soon uh, with a, a another podcast. Uh, so we'll see you soon. Goodbye. Remember to subscribe, follow and also share our podcast for more touring car updates. You can also find us on Instagram, Twitter and Facebook by just searching for BTCP, British Touring Car Podcast. And you can also contact us there or on our email at btccpod at gmail.com. 